welcome to Inklings. I am Emily Bell Freeman, and I'm so excited to welcome you to a space where you and I get to experience a hint of something more together. This is a community where we lean into discussions that will help us obtain a bedrock understanding of the doctrines of Christ. Not overnight, but every day better. Strength gathered over time. There is a place for you here. Looking forward to spending the semester with you as we embark on a journey focused on becoming His. Good morning. Hi, everyone. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, that is such a relief. Okay. Hi, Grace. I just saw she popped on. Okay, you guys, it's working. Holy smoke. We don't know why the odds were so against us, but it's working today. So Grace is going to hop on. Happy Thursday, as Emily would say. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know. It finally worked. It's working. We're here for real. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Okay, I'm so excited. Yay. I feel like everyone knows Grace, right? I feel like we don't have to do a big introduction. <laughs> We're so excited. She's here. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. I feel like this is crazy. Usually, like, my mom, every time it's Inkling, she, like, every Thursday morning at 9 o'clock, we, like, get this text in our family group chat. It's like, Inkling. She's like, don't call me. Now I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, I should send this text in the family chat. I'm like, it's my turn. I get to do Inkling. That's so cute. I love it. Sorry, you guys. My Friday morning went differently than expected. So we're, like, fresh out of the shower. We're here. We love that. We're excited. Um, okay. So really quick so that you guys know where we're going to be. The talk for this week is, but we heeded them not. And it's by Elder Bednar. And then Grace, tell them what scriptures we're in. Okay. So we are going to be focusing on first Nephi 11. We're going to be in eight a little bit too, kind of talking about um, all of that good stuff, all that whole story. It's going to be so good. And I think that really you're going to explain it kind of with the talk because he talks about it. So it'll be great. Okay. Okay, good. We'll start with the talk. And I know I realized I say happy Thursday. You guys, thank you for hanging in there and joining us on Friday morning, but it's still the spirit of Thursday. We're just letting it carry over. So thank you. And this, it's all working. So we'll post later and should be the same old thing. We'll get it up. Uh, okay, let's dive into the talk. I'm really excited. This talk, I will admit, there's always talks for me that when I hear the first time, I'm kind of like, Okay, easier said than done. Like that, this was one of those where I was like, yeah, easier said than done. Like if, when he talks about heeding not the adversary and his luring and everything, um, I just, it's one of those things that you say and you hope to do, but when it actually comes down to paying no attention to those things, it is tricky. And I think sometimes we'll kind of think like, oh, I can do it. No, I can do it. And we forget that unfortunately Satan is so sneaky and tricky that there's temptations that are tailored right to us, right to our Achilles heel, our weaknesses. And so that's why it's so hard. It would be one thing if it was kind of a blanket temptation and, you know, some of us struggle more, like they're, they're so specific. And so I want to kind of start off with recognizing that we are human and we came to this earth with weakness and they are going to be tried. And so to 
be discouraged and get down on ourselves for that fact alone isn't fair because that's just exactly what we're doing here. We're tested and we're tried and we have these weaknesses. And unfortunately, the adversary is doing what he does best, darn it. And it's just all part of it. And so to get frustrated and to kind of put energy towards like, why is this so hard for me? Or why does this keep coming up? Oftentimes it's repetition, right? Because he knows our weak spots. So he'll keep going back to them. And that's normal. I don't think any of us are exempt to that experience of like, okay, God, here I am again, same prayer, same struggle. I'm so, you know, we have all been there. Um, and so that's why sometimes when simple messages like this, like heed not, it's just like, oh, easier said than done. So how, how do we do that? Where do we find that strength to do that? Um, I love that. How else will they get stronger? How else are our weaknesses going to get stronger, right? If they are not tried. And so it's almost this silver lining of Satan's work that we don't realize is like, man, if we keep our energy focused in the right place, it's actually fine tuning us. It's actually drawing us closer to him. Um, as long as we can keep turning again and turning again to the Lord. Um, so he, he has so many good little lines in here and I hope I can find them all. Um, but one thing I want to draw attention to, because oftentimes some, I, I feel like since young women's, I have like in my mind what temptations are. And, you know, I think of like the great and spacious building and I think of like, I don't know, just the obvious things. And I forget that sometimes what can be the most distracting is like my own self dialogue or the dialogue of others that is, is just distracting and, and diverting. It's not necessarily like these big sins that are going to come hit us right in the face all of a sudden. There's many that we have chosen already to say no to. It's sometimes those small things and those small conversations that can be the most distracting, like little by little by little that can start to divert us from truth. And it can be part truth. So it can, it can sneak in there um, and kind of feel disguised. And so he talks about being yoked with the Lord and binding with him through the covenant path and everything like that. Um, I have a lot of notes here. Oh, I wanted to say too, Sometimes when we are so focused on what we don't want to do, what we know we shouldn't be doing, our energy still is like remaining there in this thing we're not supposed to do. Don't think about that or that's not what's important. I need to be focusing over here or this temptation is it, you hyper focus on that. And so then we're still kind of in that space. We need to try and replace it. We need to try and bring in the positive and put ourselves in places that are bringing truth and light and being around those conversations that are positive and uplifting or doing those practices that replace it and, and, and have our minds go that direction versus just like, stop doing that, stop thinking that, stop thinking that. It's often not effective for me. And so I have to replace it, whether it's with meditation or positive affirmation, studying the scriptures, praying just talking with the Lord and it can be in casual ways. And I say that carefully, but in casual ways where it feels very conversational with the Lord. And I love that. It doesn't have to be every time on your knees in a very sacred, quiet place. That as does, that doesn't happen a lot of times. Sometimes those are hard to find. So it can be on a walk and you're just kind of speaking calmly to yourself and, and talking with him. Um, and you know, the story of the, when I think it's like an old folklore. Oh, the boss, your brain. That was from another talk, right? That was from sister Craven. We just talked about that. 
Lost your brain. Exactly. Um, but that cute old folklore thing with the wolves and the son is asking the father, um, okay, there's these two wolves and they're fighting, which one will win? And the dad says, and there's so much more to the story, but the dad essentially says the wolf that you feed. And I think that's so important here. It's, it's where your focus goes, energy flows. The grass is greener where you water it. It's all of that concept. And so if our focus remains in these places that we know we don't want to be, that's what's going to get louder. Those voices only get louder the more attention we give them. And so sometimes it has to be really intentional. And I know social media is a big thing right now for a lot of us. So it might be getting really, really picky in your feeds and what is showing up when you turn on the news and when you don't. And we have that choice. And sometimes I'm like, oh, but I should be in the know. At the same time, though, we get to control what we are bringing into our lives. And that has a direct effect on us. And so first and foremost, even if we do feel a need to stay informed, which many of us do, at least start with connecting with heaven. Like at least let that be the beginning so that everything that comes in can filter through that. And you have the right lens on for the day and you have the right mentality going into conversations that can get heated and tricky today. There's a lot, there's a, there's a lot of conversation going on right now um, that just feels tricky to navigate. And so it's hard to avoid and we're really not going to. We're in the world, we try not to be of it, but we are in it. And so to be able to navigate it by starting with that Lord and beginning our days with connecting with him is everything. Um, and so he says, let me see, because um, he says it so well, if I can find it. Um, okay. Hold on, guys. It's so good. Um, okay, I'll find it right here because I put it in the thing. Okay, so he said... This is Elder Bednar straight from the talk. He says, I frankly do not have the ability to describe adequately the precise nature and power of our covenant connection, which I love that those two words, covenant connection with the resurrected and living son of God, but I witness. So he can't even like adequately describe what that can provide us. Like a, a leader is, you know, part, like he can't find the words. And he says, but I witness that the connections with him and Heavenly Father are real and are the ultimate sources of assurance, peace, joy, and the spiritual strength that enables us to fear not through the enemy, though the enemy deride. As covenant-making and covenant-keeping disciples of Jesus Christ, we can be blessed to take courage for the Lord is on our side and pay no attention to evil influences and secular scoffing. And so the fact that he just, he's trying so hard to even articulate what this covenant connection can do, I feel like invites me to figure out what that means for me. Because it's, it sounds like it's so personal and intimate to him. And he's just like, I can't even describe it. I just want you to know it for yourself, what that does for you, what that connection does, that protection that it provides and that spiritual strength that we so desperately need right now in this world is just, it's so important. And we talk about the adversary knowing us. He knows our weaknesses. He knows, but like, he doesn't know us perfectly. He does not know us like our father in heaven does. And someone on my team actually just yesterday sent me a quote and I thought this was so good. 
and I wanted to read it because it's an older one. Um, let's see if it says when, 1995. And it's from James E. Faust. He said, we need not become paralyzed with fear of Satan's power. He can have no power over us unless we permit it. He really is a coward. And if we stand firm, he will retreat. And I love that. And I, I think about how loyal our Savior is and how loyal God is to us. And regardless of what we are choosing to do with our time, they are right there, given we may distance ourselves through our choices or the relationship does this, right? But they are always right there. The adversary, he's a coward and he's there for his own agenda. And so if we stand firm and he senses that, he'll peace out. But then those moments of weaknesses will sneak in. It'll show up again. And it's just, it's this turning again and it happens. But I just, I can't help but think of like how loyal the Lord and the Savior is to us. And we will post this quote. I will post that. Because it does, it, it's, it's empowering, right? To, to think of Satan as a coward. It's like, oh, yeah. Like, I have what it takes because I have God on my side. So I have everything I need to defeat this, um, even if the battle is daily. And for most of us, it is. It is so often. It's not a one and done, checked him off the list. I'm going to soar through the rest of this life. It is again and again and again. Um, and one thing, too, that I love is because even though we're all fighting our own small battles, and they're very unique because we're each tested and tried in totally different ways, when we look at the bigger picture, we are all fighting a very similar battle. And so I want to be like, let's fight together. Like, I want us to be able to articulate what we're going through and to be able to not be afraid to share what is hard and what we're learning and what's working and to do so in like a humbling way and a way that invites others to share so that it feels like we can link arms and be like, let's do this together. We're fighting this same battle. Let's do it arm in arm and talk about what is helping and working for each other. Um, okay, the other quote that I love um, that he shares towards the end. Let's see. He shares the talk. Okay. Oh, that's so good too. He talks about holding to the rod, the difference between clinging and holding fast. I think that is beautiful because one, I sense like a desperation, which at times I will admit, I do feel like I'm clinging. It's better than nothing. It's better than letting go. But the goal is to hold fast, right? That is what we are working towards, um, to not have this like desperate kind of doubtful cling, but like all hands on deck. Um, and so I love that. But he says in the end, I promise that individually and collectively, we will be blessed to stand in holy places and shall not be moved. If we abide in Christ, then he will abide in and walk with us. And I love that um, because it's a two-way street. It's a relationship. It's a give and take. And it takes our intention and choice, our daily choice, to abide in him so that he may abide in us. And our so every week we'll do an affirmation um, that kind of is pulled from the talk. And I wanted to read it because I feel like this one is... Uh, a powerful one. And maybe we repeat it to ourselves this weekend. It says, I will press on and heed not the luring of the adversary. I hold fast to the covenant bond I have with my savior abiding in him that he may abide in me and walk with me. 
like that alone, if we were to begin our days stating that and reminding ourselves that like, I'll press on, I have this covenant bond, this covenant connection that I intentionally am keeping with the Lord because I know the promises, because I know what I have to face today, especially when we know we're an example to others. Maybe we're a leader in a calling, or maybe we are a teacher and we have students, maybe we're a mother and we have kids. Like we are examples and to be able to show what this looks like and you know, let alone articulate it, but to be able to give an example of what that looks like for these youth, I just think that is so beautiful to, to exude that kind of like covenant connection that you have and to hold so fast to it, clinging at times, but the goal is to hold fast as best as you can. Um, sorry, I know it's tricky to jump in and out, Grace, but please, if you have any thoughts on this, share, um, and we can jump into scriptures now too. No, oh my gosh, that was seriously everything you were saying. I was like trying to hold my camera really still and like take notes with my other hand as best I could. I was like, holy, I was like, this is so, so good. Um, I just think that like one thing that really stuck out to me, like when you were talking specifically, was just like the importance of where our thoughts are going. And mm -hmm. like, I couldn't help but be like, and it just like was so powerful hearing it from you because you like said like, all these different things that you do and you're like sometimes it just has to be like a casual prayer like if I feel like I'm not like if I'm heeding to the wrong things if I'm giving attention to the wrong things you're like oh like maybe it's just like a casual prayer in the car or like when I'm on a walk and then like it was so cool when you were like but sometimes I like need it a little bit more and a little bit more specific and like sometimes it's gonna need to be like an affirmation that I say every single day when I wake up and like I just think it's so cool to like think about the power of like the words in our own head they're like when you're just like, okay, like, what can I do? And like, I, that's just so cool. Like, I'm obsessed with that, that you're, that's so good. Okay. okay. That just reminded me because you know, the phrase fake it till you make it and how oftentimes, exactly. yeah, that's not the goal, but so many times actually a little bit for me. And I will admit it was like one hour ago. I did this, you guys, one hour. Cause I'm on day seven without my husband, a little exhausted with the children. And I, you're I doing knew incredible. I should pray for Oh, and I knew I needed to like pray for peace and pray for more patience. Something in me like didn't even want to because I was like, my kids don't deserve it. They've been X, Y, and Z all week. And I just was like, mm. and I still, I just said a prayer very casually because I was not in the mood to like kneel and be very like, I, and I just, I was like, I'm here trying to do the things I know I should. And it was amazing even what came from that. Like it was just like, okay, just the act of, not that I was like, faking it if you will but but like practice someone said practice it is it's just kind of like a just practice what i'm told to do and if it if it isn't feeling like it's going to make a difference in that moment it's still putting a drop in that right bucket then not at all then just being like oh i just don't feel it i'm just nope 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 but it was like okay like god here i am this is what i'm feeling it was very honest it was just like i am exhausted and i'm tired i just feel like i need your help today I'm, you know, and there's apologies in there and asking for, for, and it was, but it was just, I don't know, it was honest. And it was, and I feel like sometimes we, he understands, he totally understands when we come to him in that way. And because, because we are human and he has his, you know, I don't know. It's just, and exactly. <laughs> well, you guys are, you and your comments are so good. Um, you get it. You get it. So that was my experience just this morning of like, it's just the little, the little things sometimes that can make that big difference. And I had to pray for that desire. I had to pray for it. It wasn't really there. I had to ask for it. So, 
Well, and I'm obsessed that you said, like, it was cool when you were talking about it because you're like, obviously, our goal is, like, holding fast. Like, that is 100%, like, continually holding. But I loved when you were like, sometimes I have clinging moments. And, like, you're just like, you know what? Like, right now, this is, like, a moment that I just have to be desperate. And that, like, in the clinging moments, there's still something to hold on to, you know? Yes. Like, that doesn't, like, it's okay. Like, there's still something to grab on to if you're in a clinging yep. moment. But, like, also, like, yeah, I just think that's so cool. And that, like, you were there this morning, you know? And you're like, you know what? Like, I don't, like, my kids don't even deserve me to pray and be better because I'm like, holy. But then you're like, okay, wait. Actually, like, that's okay if you're in that moment right now, you know? Gosh, it's so good, Grace. So good. Okay, take us away. Okay, so this is okay. Listen, you guys, I just had to expose myself first. I'm, I'll do it. I'm willing to. Okay, listen. I used to think that chapter eight and eleven of First Nephi were so boring. I'd skip it. I was like, I don't care about the vision. I was like, I get it. I know it. I learned it. I drew it. I'm fine. Like I was like, I know it. It's okay. Got everything that I need out of it. And like I was just like, okay. So that's my first weakness. But then you guys, like a year ago, like this. I had this experience with my mom and it actually changed my life. And now it's like one of my most favorite things in the whole entire world. And so when I saw that this was going to be the scripture pairing with this talk, I was like, oh, I have to. I was like, I'm obsessed with that. And now I love to study it so differently. And it was cool because um, I like sat down this week and like I like dug into it like super, super deep. Like I tried, like I was like, okay, like I want to like get as much out of this as I possibly can. And it just, like, reminded me, like, I was like, oh, this is a story that I've known backwards and forwards since I was a kid. And, like, it still is going to be different for me. Like, I still am going to get new things out of it, which I absolutely love. And it was super cool because I think one thing that's interesting is before he even gets into the vision, Nephi, when Nephi prays, Nephi wants to see the same thing as his dad. He was like, I want to understand this. I think I'm going to be better if I do. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to pray for myself. I'm going to figure it out. And Lucky Doug, Nephi gets his own, like, personal angel to, like, give him a tour of, like, the dream. He's like, I'm going to help you understand. And he's like, but before any of that, like, you, I will show you the vision. I will show you the dream. And, like, I need to make sure that you understand it. So for you to understand it, I got to show you some other things. And it's cool because he doesn't say, let me tell you about it. He's like, I actually am going to have to show you this for you to understand. And he, like, takes him on this tour. And, like, that's what is so cool is that, like, he says the word look. I should have counted. That would have been better, but I didn't. He says the word look, like, a hundred times, it feels like, in chapter 11. And every single time, he's showing him something about Jesus. And it starts, and he's like, okay, let me show you Mary. And let me show you the little tiny, like, Nazareth. And let me get you in the mindset of, like, this is going to be his life. That's going to be his mom. And this is going to be where he grows up. Okay. And he's like, and now we got to keep going because you got to see tiny baby Jesus. And the whole time he starts bringing up this word. Every time I almost want to say condensation because of that water cycle. I'm like, holy condescension is what I'm trying to say. Um, He's like, let me show you the condescension of Jesus. And he's like, do you know what that is of God? And he's like, no. He's like, I'm not sure that I understand. He's like, I love God, but I'm not sure that I'm there. He's like, so what's happening? And he's like, let me show you what that looks like. And then he shows tiny little baby Jesus, like the smallest little sweetest baby born into like this scandal of the tiniest little town in the whole entire world. And then he's like, okay, now let's watch him grow up. And he's going to start performing these miracles and like, let's see what he's doing. And then he's going to get baptized. Like you stay in this Nephi, like, look at this. You've got to understand. And then he's going to heal all these people. And then all of a sudden Nephi like clues in and he's like, oh my gosh, He's like, I get it. I like, this is the condescension of God. 
And I like it just like I die every single time that like I realize that is that he's like, you got to understand that Jesus was willing to come down to like the messiest situation in the entire world and get born in a manger, like the like most little like the worst situation to be born in ever. I've never given birth, but bless Mary's heart. I'm like, holy, why did she have to give birth in a manger? It's already messy. And then you have to be with the dirt and the cows. I'm like, and he's like, that is what Jesus was willing to do. That's the situations that he is willing to get inside of. And he's like, if he's willing to do that, you are going to understand this vision so much more. And then Nephi starts to clue in and he's like, oh, this is the love of God. This is Jesus. This is the word of God. He's like, I'm getting it. Like, this is like making so much more sense. And then I think like that is just like so powerful to remember, like the purpose of this, like what you have to understand is that like Jesus is going to be able to meet you where you're at. Like, remember that when you're thinking about where you're at in this path, in this journey, is it like Jesus has the ability to meet you where you are, even if it's so, so messy. And then he gets into the, like, the path, the vision, everything. And this time, like, the only thing that I could think of is, so me and my mom, you guys, I wish I had more information about this. I should ask my mom. But she, like, a year ago got invited to this really cool thing. And it was this sculptor had, like, built, like, a huge, re like, reenactment but not reenactment I don't know like representation maybe that's a better word of the tree of life and it was like it filled an entire garage and it was like humongous and like you like got to walk around it and like experience it and my mom asked me to go and she told me what it was and I was kind of like oh, I don't really know and then I had no plans so I was like okay I'll go so like I go and like I get in there and like it blew me away and there were so many lessons that I took from it. So I'm just going to like say a few of them because I think it's just like so helpful. And I love that like the angel was like, you're going to need to see this to understand it. And I think that I was the same as Nephi is that I think like that's why I fell in love with it is because I was like, oh, I'm going to need to see this to be able to understand it. And also, so let me just say this because I like maybe you are in the same place as me and you're like, I don't really get it. This is not hidden for me. Maybe draw it because I tried earlier this week and it also was helpful. So maybe draw this is the whole vision and maybe you will love it extra. But it was so cool because um, the tree was at the very beginning. It was like on a hill. It was like in the back corner. And then the whole entire hill was all these people from all different walks of life, every different generation, all different time periods. And they were all like on this journey to Jesus, on this journey to the love of God. And it was so cool to like walk around because everyone was in different places. Okay, you guys, I'm so sorry I'm at the temple because I have seven roommates and so it's, my house is so loud. So let me get in my car because the lawnmower just started. <laughs> Meanwhile, sorry that that's happening. But um, so almost they're all at different places. And it's really cool because in like there's the rod obviously going to the tree. But throughout the rod, there's like little pieces of the roots of the tree. And it was so cool during that talk. And I'm so glad that you brought it up, that word covenant connection. Because I couldn't help but think that like maybe the roots of the tree are covenants that we're making. And when we're on the rod, like when we are just like, even in the moments that we are clinging, maybe there's a moment that our covenants are going to connect us a little sooner than it would have taken for us to get all the way to the tree. You know, and like, he's not abandoning us. He's not saying, okay, good luck on the journey. Like, hope you make it back to me. Like, have fun down there. He's like, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to give you moments that you can actually genuinely connect with me, even while you're clinging or holding fast to the rod. Like, let me make sure that you know that I'm still there, you know? 
And then there's like this other thing. And this was such a cool part because obviously we know the great and spacious building. We talk about it all the time. We see it, like we hear about it. And that is what that talk focuses on. Elder Bednar, he says like, okay, he's like, people are going to be calling for your attention. There are going to be things like Satan is going to try to get you. And it was really interesting because like when I was studying this week, I like actually went down and like I wrote a list of notes and I was like, okay, how is Satan trying to like get me to look at him instead of to look at God? And there were so many things that I didn't expect that I was going to write that I ended up writing down. And one of them for sure was social media. And I was like, oh, and my mom always says, my mom always tells me this. So, <laughs> so now you all get to hear it too. But she always says like, you are the boss of your social media. You get to choose. Like, you choose who you follow. You choose how much time you spend on it. Like, you get to be in charge of that. And it, like, is so empowering to me because I genuinely feel like social media can be used for such good things. Like, I am, like, the firmest believer in that. And I just think it's so cool to think, like, oh, wait a minute. Like, I get to be the boss of that. So what could I do to make this, instead of heeding to the building and heeding to the world, how can I use this to, like, heed to God? Like, how is that going to get me to turn to him instead of turn to other things? And I genuinely believe there's ways to use social media to do that, to find accounts that inspire you and bless you. I think that's the coolest part about Inklings is that's what you're doing. It's like, you're like, okay, I'm on this social, like I'm on this app. Let me make it something beneficial, which I think is so cool. And like, so relevant, um, like for your kids to like sit them down and be like, okay, listen, you're going to be on social media. All your friends are, everyone is, but like, how can you be in charge of that to make it something beneficial instead of something that like takes you away from God? Um, and then like another one that I was thinking of is because I think this one's easy to think about, but it's just like the people that you're listening to. And like, are you spending your time listening to people that are going to like lead you further or like lead you closer and even like not even lead you, but almost just help you. I think that was like one of the coolest things is like in that representation, there were so many people like reaching and like pushing people up the hill to get to the tree and there was people holding hands walking along the like iron rod and like I just can't help but think like there were people in the building yelling but like there were also people on the rod helping and I think like I would confidently say like there have been a lot of people in my life trying to yell at me from the building but I think that there have been even more that are like encouraging me from the rod and I think that that's something really easy to forget um it's like I've been thinking about this so much and also, okay, this is a different talk real. I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but I'm doing it anyways. Okay. I'm so sorry. But in the prophets talk about spiritual momentum. I like can't stop thinking about it. And I think it's so interesting because like when you think about a basketball game, like the things that there's so much that influences the momentum of a basketball game, right? That's what he brought up. And I can't help but think like the crowd makes such a big impact on a game. Like, it is, like, if you're, like, the home team, like, you automatically have an advantage that you otherwise wouldn't have had. And I just, like, can't help but think, like, what crowd am I listening to? And is it a crowd that's going to give me more spiritual momentum or is it a crowd that's going to lead me to the building, you know? And I just think it's so cool that, like, you're not alone on the path. And I think that's the most beautiful part about a church and, like, this community and all that stuff is that you don't, you actually don't have to hold fast by yourself. And maybe in a moment that, like, you're clinging, maybe there's going to be someone behind you or ahead of you that is going to be like, hey, you are doing so much better than you think you are right now. Like, you got it. Like, don't, you don't need to listen to them. Like, you're killing it. Um, but this is another thing that I just love. And I don't know if this is, like, maybe for 
someone listening or maybe it's for someone listening like a family member that like you are like thinking about or something like that but it's interesting because we see the building we get it we hear it the people that are just like yelling and trying to get you away trying to like pull you from the rod from the goodness from the love from the covenants and it's interesting because like mm, like if they are yelling at you from the building that's gotta mean that they're yelling through the windows and through the doors like they are gonna be like out and they are trying to get their head out and making sure you see them and bringing you in but it was so cool at the reenactment because you actually walked on the outside of the building and when you walked around like you would come on okay I don't know if this is making sense so like there's the tree right here here's the building right here you walk like around the building to get to the tree okay does this make sense real we get it is that okay but it was so cool because when you walked on the other side of the building almost as if you were in the building the windows instead of showing you anything else all you could see from the windows were the tree and i can't help but think like maybe there have been people in your life or maybe it's you or maybe it's someone you love or it's your kids or it's your best friend that like you're like oh like the world got them and like the world is intense and it is hard and satan fights so hard for hearts and like maybe for a second you're like oh that they're closer to the building than the rod and like all it's doing is breaking your heart and i can't help but think like if you're in the building you're seeing the tree and that is such a hopeful thought for me when i think about that and moments maybe when i feel like i'm in the building or moments when i'm like oh my gosh like this person that i love so deeply is in the building now what is like oh there's actually still hope from the building and like Jesus is going to be at like, you look out the window and he's there. And I just actually thought of this. Okay, Rio. So let me find it really fast. See, my scriptures are right here. But um, it's so interesting to me. I like, I teach seminary. So I'm a seminary teacher right now. And the other day, like, I just like got this note on my desk. And it says, I'll just read it to you. It was like anonymous. I just like, it was late. I was like packing up my computer from class, getting ready to go. And like, I just like saw this right by my computer. And it just says this. It's just from a little high schooler. We don't know who, but it's just a scratchy little handwriting. And it says, my relationship with God is not good. Every day I try to be good, but I fail and I mess everything up. At this point, I know God won't forgive me anymore. So I've given up. And when I got it, I like instantly, like I like got in my car and I like, it like broke my heart. Like I was like torn up and, um, and then, like, I just, like, kept thinking, like, what would I tell that kid? What would I, like, I don't know who it is, but, like, what could I do in my class that, like, I could help them understand, that I could help them, like, learn, like, anything. I was just, like, begging. And then it was so cool when I was thinking about this story because I was, like, oh, someone needs to take him to a window. Someone needs to help him see that, like, in the depths of like despair, in the depths of like, when you feel like you have lost and you have failed over and over again, and you don't know if God will ever take you back. Like in the window of that moment is gonna be the evidence of like a God that was willing to come down into the mess. And like the evidence of a God that says like, I will be willing to come down into the mess so you can come up here with me. And I just think it's so powerful to think like, the tree, this, the tree, the rod, the building, everything, like, is proof to me that we have a God that's never going to give up. Because if we did, he would just let us go to the building. Like, it would be, he would be like, that's too hard. That's like, I'm not going to win over stuff like that. But instead, we have a God that says, like, no way. 
Like, I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to give you every tool. I'm going to give you every blessing. I'm going to give you anything I can give you to, like, encourage you. Even, like, the perfect prime view from your window. Like, I'm going to give it all to you to make sure that you know that you, like, you got this. Like, I'm not leaving you by yourself. Grace, so good. Oh so cute, <laughs> So good. And you guys, I love, they, they're so good at like pulling out one liners and all of them are just saying like, take them to the window. That's exactly it. Like, I love that takeaway. And especially when you were talking about um, the rod and those around you who you're surrounding yourself with, I thought of the Tim McGraw song, Tumble and Cut. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Rio. I'm a big country fan. Go off. And he says, when you get to where you're going, turn around and help the next one in line. And I love that. And anybody that is a hiker at the least bit knows that oftentimes when you get over a little bit of a tricky spot, the kind thing to do or what I appreciate is that person in front looking back, knowing that they kind of struggled up that part and looking back and like offering a hand or telling them where they stepped. Like that is so important. And then the idea that you brought up of like, there's hope still in the building. And so even though so far from the rod, I love that. And when you were describing like the path and then where the building was and the tree, I also kind of thought sometimes on our journey, cause I, it's winding, right? Sometimes that building will block our view of the tree and it happens. And that it's because of where we are that it's blocking. Right. And so when it does block that view of the tree, those windows again come into play. And it's like, there's always going to be a window that you can see through to the tree, even if it is so small. Mm -hmm. And I feel like where it goes back to our focus and it's not easy. Like it has to be so intentional and to like really weed through it to find those windows when it feels like there's this massive building blocking your view of where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And that's happen. Sometimes we'll get to a point in our journey where we hit this perspective and we're like, I lost sight. I, I totally lost sight of it. There will always be a window to see through it. And I think, oh, the window. Who knew? That's like a, such a good takeaway. Okay, wait, um, let me say one more thing, real. Can I really fast? Because I just thought of it. I'm so sorry. Okay, this was another really cool conversation that I just had with seminary kids. Sorry, everyone. That now it's like, I'm just teaching seminary, y'all. That's all. <laughs> it was so cool because we were, I don't even remember what we were talking about. But one kid raised their hand and they were like, it's really interesting because like, what are you looking at? And I was mm -hmm. like, what do you mean? I was like, okay, like I was like, go, go deeper. And they're like, what do you spend your physical time looking at? And mm -hmm. they were like, like, what's your screensaver, Sister Freeman? And I was like, oh, I was like, good point. I was like, okay. And they were like, and like, what shows do you watch? Because like, mm -hmm. maybe the things that you're physically looking at, like have the potential to lead you to different places. And so like that, I think it's just such a cool ponder like question is like, what are you looking at? Not even like what your soul looking at or what's it pointed to, yeah. but like what are you actually physically looking at every single day? And where could you use those things to like actually make it a reminder of your goal and like a mm -hmm. reminder of your relationship? Yeah, cause we're human and we need them. Like as much oh as my. we wanna, like I'm gonna log that away, put it on. <laughs> Here, like physically in front of your face where like so true screensaver is perfect mm -hmm. okay one more thought I thought of we're just gonna keep going back and forth with like one more thought we love it <laughs> it's perfect <laughs> when you were talking about crowds and the power of a crowd and creating that energy momentum is so true I immediately thought like I think it's less about like who is showing up in our crowd like because we don't I, I what came to mind is like we create our own crowd mm. like 
it can be a crowd that is like booing us and we can create that in our mind. We can only listen to the negative. We can only listen to the discouragement, even if it's all coming from our internal self. We can create that crowd and suddenly it can feel like that's all that showed up. That's all that's here. I'm pretty sure. But it is, I mean, to learn this practice, which I have not, but to learn the practice of silencing that negativity and silencing those discouraging thoughts and recognizing that there are always positive, even if it feels like few, they can be loud the more we focus on them. Like those get louder the more we start to recognize and weed through and be like, there it is, there it is. And the more we search those, it will grow and it will flourish. And where we, the grass is greener where we water it. So it's just mm. like you create your own crowd. And so if you're feeling like, I'm not feeling very supported here. Um, anyway, I just, this is, this was really good. And I'm so, I, maybe this wouldn't have come up yesterday, you know? <laughs> true, true, true. Maybe not. So anyway, I think everybody wants more grace. That's what I'm gathering. Is there like, more grace on inklings? <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. I'm so glad that I could have come. And I'm so glad that we could have a surprise Friday one. That's exactly yes. the best way to start a weekend. Surprise. I love it. Okay, so good. Okay, we'll see you next week. You guys get me for three weeks in a row. I hope it's okay. Bless Emily. She's just having the best time in Israel, and we are so excited for her. And we're so, so happy to have Rio. That's the other Thank you guys. Okay, we'll post this so it's all saved. You guys can watch it later and we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining me. This podcast is taken from our Thursday Inklings discussions, which happen live on Instagram at inklings.institute. If you loved being here, I'd love to invite you to go even deeper with me, get reminders, and enjoy first access to all our events and gatherings by going to emilybellfreeman.com backslash inklings.